Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Happy, happy holidays, Brown Ambition fam. It's Mandra here. As you guys know, Tiff and I are taking a little break before the new year, but we've still got you covered with some of our favorite Brown Ambition moments from 2021. All throughout this month, we're looking back at memorable conversations and breaking down the most important lessons we've learned this year. We can't thank you enough for sticking by us in what has become one of our biggest years for the show ever. So many amazing memories from this year, and I cannot wait to revisit some of them with all of you guys, our beloved BA fam. Wishing you and yours a beautiful holiday season, and thank you again for all the support. All right, first up is a candid conversation with my very own financial planner, Helen No. You guys know I have been working with Helen for five or six years now. It was Helen who helped me realize that I was financially capable of taking my business to the next level. And I knew Helen was the right person to invite on the show when Tiffany and I wanted to tackle the idea of how to financially prepare our kids to live a much more secure and happy life financially than we ever did. This show actually sparked some controversy, especially around the notion of whether or not our children should struggle financially the same way that we had to in order to learn important life lessons, like the fact that in order to find financial security, you've really got to do the work yourself to earn a solid income, learn how to budget, learn how to build your credit, all that good stuff. We heard from some listeners who thought we were being a little too tough and who pushed back on the notion that kids today should struggle at all because ultimately, why should our children who we are here to love and protect have to suffer for some kind of convoluted idea that from suffering comes greatness or from suffering comes preparedness for the world ahead? To be honest, I thought long and hard about y'all's feedback And I can absolutely understand why you responded to this show the way that you did. That being said, I think in this conversation, we still touch on so many helpful tips and strategies for parents out there wanting to know, how do I make sure that my kid is set up for a wonderful financial future? And what are the steps I can do today to make that happen? Without further ado, here's a look back at our episode with my financial planner, Helen No where we talk about how to plan your kids' financial futures. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're brown. 
on ambition. Welcome, Black Mandy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say that every time now. I'm not going to remember because you know my memory. But someone said that to me. Yes. And I thought that was so delightful. They're like, oh, girl, welcome, Black. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I I need the (laughs) t-shirt. I need the mug. I need it Yes. Welcome, Black. I love that. Hey, uh, happy uh, whatever day of the week it is, Monday. <laughs> I'm very excited about today's show. Me too. We have, we have one of our um, one of our recurring faves on the show, my financial planner, Helen, who wants to know where I've been. And um, I have been delinquent in my, in my sessions with Helen, but she's back on the show and we are answering y'all's questions about how to save for your kids. And Helen has some very, she has some interesting hot takes on the types of accounts that we all think are the right thing to do from 529s to UTMA accounts to custodials, custodial accounts. Helen is going to cover it all and really dive into what it takes to, to raise some money savvy kids. I cannot wait. Helen's one of my favorite go-tos. You know, I have a handful of um, financial advisors slash planners that I recommend to people. And she is one of the only three that I recommend. So she's awesome. You guys are going to love her. Well, you've loved her before because she's been here before. I just find her voice so soothing, too. Just like, yeah, "Yeah, Helen, I need you. Yes, help us. She's (laughs) also my, like, relationship uh, mediator is how I also feel (laughs) about her. (laughs) That's how most financial, if you have a financial advisor who helps you as a couple. They are definitely mediating. Mm. Um, I was going to say, so last last episode, if you missed it, it was epic, as all of our episodes are. I wanted to provide additional clarity that Dr. Green gave me that I'm like, and I think maybe this is speaking to what you were saying, Mandy, and maybe you tell me. So remember, like, during, you know, the beginning, we, I was talking about, like, um, sometimes we hold ourselves back from dreaming big, right? Yep. And then you were like, well, what if... Um, you know, is there anything you said you were going to write a book called like something about being content, right? What was it? Oh that God! Hey, you you're reminding me what I said on an episode. What? <laughs> what is this? Opposites it's, day. I know. Um, God, I got it. I can't stop myself. Why do I have to throw shade so much? Anyway, I yeah, I was talking about a really dark time in my life where I was trying to convince a friend of mine that a really good book idea would be to talk about the power of mediocrity <laughs> and how we should all just stop trying to. Uh, to be perfect and have the most money and the best house and all that stuff. No, but you know what? There's something, I won't say necessarily mediocrity, but I will say this, that I was talking to Dr. Green. We had our session last Friday and I was telling her how, you know, I've been really struggling. I did that activity that I told you guys to do. Remember I said, like Mandy, like five minutes, write down like your your hopes and dreams and without hesitation, without limitation, just like, get your Amelia. Amelia's my, my four-year-old niece. And she'd just be like, I want to go to the moon. I want to go to Mars. I want to go to, you know, like just do that. And just to kind of get a gauge of like, you know, what are your big hopes and dreams? Not that you're going to accomplish all of them, but you know, that at least out. And so I was telling Dr. Green that I was having a hard time with like, you know, that none of them seem big or like maybe like I you know, maybe I'm afraid to dream big. And she was like, okay, Tiffany, let's dial it on back. So this is, <laughs> she gathered my edges. So <laughs> here's your edge <laughs> gathering. I was like, because okay. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't leave this part out because I'm like, I left you guys with all that stuff. And then it's like, she's like, girl, no. She said, Tiffany, you're living big. Sis, you wrote a book. It's on the New York Times bestsellers list. You have a successful business. You have this year, like you're here. And that maybe one of the reasons why you're struggling with quote unquote, Thinking big is because you you you're you're already living the big dream that you put down, 
And that's okay. So she was like, I think the word big is um you're you're using that word too liberally. It's more so I want you personally to think more meaningfully, right? Mm-hmm. To think so, because for, for for some people that is big, like oh, you know, I'm just starting out, or like you know, I, I do really want this huge dream. But she was like, but for you, Tiffany, it might not look like a bigger company and a bigger house and a bigger car. That's clearly not moving you. That's why you're having a hard time putting it down. For you, it's baby girl. What is bigger? You know, mm-hmm. she's like, for you, it might be. You know, I've always wanted to learn how to paint. I want to get back to write, well, writing poetry. She's like, you know, we live in a world where we're told that if it's not big, it's not good. And she just had me like reset. So not it doesn't mean that I just wanted to share that because you might have listened last week and felt what I was feeling, which is the struggle for I don't necessarily desire more. You know, she yeah. said, well, because years ago I put down all my big more in my 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 journal. I put it down on my my vision board. And I'm not going to lie. I've accomplished just about all those things that I said that I wanted. And so that's why I was struggling because I'm okay with not necessarily wanting more, you know, at least not in this huge way because all those seeds have already been planted. Like the kind of like the things that I'm growing toward. And it's like, yes, it's okay to turn inward and say, well, what are the meaningful things? You know, maybe it's just, hey, I actually want to talk to my mom more. Maybe, you know, yeah. I want to spend more time with my bestie. So I just wanted to acknowledge like what you said, Mandy, because I feel like it was kind of like a riff on what you were sharing that, you know, that not every goal or dream is this huge external leap and lunge. Sometimes it's just more of the same or just more um, looking inward, I guess to say, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to sell that. It's really, I mean, even as I was talking about that idea, I still believe that fundamentally. Mm. It's not about, listen, I was in a dark place and I was talking about mediocrity and just like, just be okay with what the bare minimum. But I think what we're talking about is more being okay, being at peace with what you have and under, and knowing when it's going to, like knowing what your enough is and knowing yeah. what, like, what do you need to be happy and healthy and content mm-hmm. and to get to a place where your life is the cake and anything on top of that is icing, yes. you know? Yes, And at a certain point, you do need to make peace with what you have because, like, adding adding coins and adding accolades and adding, you know, things to your list, unless that truly serves you, is not going to result in any true feeling of, I have more, I feel better. And so, yeah, it's, it's a balance. It's like... Yeah. Knowing what you want, like don't don't leave any dreams on the table, but also don't add stuff to your list that you just don't because. actually. Yeah, just because. Yeah, and I'm I'm and that's what I was really at the point where I was like t- I was doing that to. I've done that my entire life. Like <laughs> I've done that. I have struggled with always having something to do, and even today, my my go to therapist was like, "Why don't you just do nothing?" She's like, "What would happen if you just did nothing for a minute?" I'm like, "I don't. <laughs> I don't want I, to I think I break. <laughs> I couldn't even do mat- like maternity leave. But anyway, yeah, I'm glad that we revisited that because it's – and I think when we talk about like, you know, we, we've been talking about Christina and Iman from Our Rich Journey and how happy they were. Yes, yeah, so their journey is about saving money and investing for wealth and a- a- acquiring that much money in their bank account. But they they also had the courage to say that's enough. And let's jump off, you know, let's let's stop now. Let's let's stop focusing on earning and let's live the life that we've, you know, always dreamed of. And it's much more than just money. It's the time they get to spend with their cute daughters and, mm-hmm. 
you know, gardening and things like that. Yeah. I'm ex- that's why I'm excited for you in this like little hiatus mm-hmm. and you can learn how to crochet. Yes, I cannot wait. I honestly I'm looking forward to that. I'm look I used to write poetry. So I'm like looking forward to like, hey, you know, that used to be like a thing where I'd be like just entranced and moved and like I was a voracious reader. Like mm. you know, and not like I'm I'm I don't have like a specific genre. Like sometimes I'd be like, it's like Romance novel month, where I'll read like ten romance novels, book, novel books, and then that it's sci-fi, and then you know, so I I like a wide variety of of books. I just like good writing, you know, one that I could literally fall into, and you look up and you're like, I'm not in Harry Potter world, you know. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's the best. Yes, and so I look forward to like getting back to like reading. Like I said, writing poetry. Maybe I used to journal. Honestly, I've got like 10 journals. I journaled all through um, elementary, well, middle school and high school. And then in college, I did some journaling. Most of my journaling in college were, were like poems. But then I stopped. And I'm like, you know what, Tiffany, I honestly, Mandy, I used to delight in going to the bookstore and getting a brand new journal. Like, is it going to have flowers? Is it going to be leather bound? Is it going to be, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, what happened to that Tiffany that you should just delight in like, her Tiffany-ness, you know? And so I'm excited about exploring that again. Because that was, this is why, I mean, if there's nothing else, I hope that you get away from, you know, the last year is the importance of asking for help. Because what could take you 10 years to figure out with help might take you one year. You know, what could take you one year might take you one month with with help. Whether it's like a Helen you know, who you're like, okay, I need help with my finances or whether it's a Dr. Green, a, a you know, a coach or whether it's like, you know, Stephanie from Navi Psych or, you know, the, um, the therapist finder or therapy for black girls. Like asking for help is so critically important because the right help can really help you to look at yourself and become more of yourself. Like, you know, Dr. Green and, you know, all my coaches and things, they're, they're not there to, to change me. They're there to help me clean the mirror so I can be like, oh, there she is. What you want, girl? You know? (laughs) Uh, So I wanted to just acknowledge that, Mandy, because I think that I wasn't hearing you because it's not like mediocrity, but it's like, no, it's just, girl, it's okay to be like, I kind of like spaghetti. I don't, I don't need rigatoni. I mean, I know it's fancier, but like, (laughs) I'm good on spaghetti. (laughs) It's like my husband. He's like, why don't you just make Rio a grilled cheese and not salmon with avocado puree? And like, he's like, just keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) Like sweating over a stove. No, I mean, it's, I, I, no, I, I think we're on the same page. I just think, you know, mediocrity is just a word that is such, it's just a negative word, mediocre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be mediocre? Who wants to just be okay? No, but I, I get it. And I think this past week, I have certainly, well, really this past year, I said to a friend and <laughs> I said to a family friend, he listens to the show. Hey, Denny. And I could see his eyes be like, really? Did she just say that? Because we were at this, um, we went to this farm over the weekend and it was like, a, I don't know, like a petting zoo. And there's all these spring animals, like like lambs are born in the spring. It's just like Milo and Otis. Like there's just babies, baby animals everywhere. And I was just, I was having the time of my life. It was me and like the four-year-olds, you know, with our faces pressed up. If I wasn't so big, I would have just climbed the the fence too to be with the other kids. I was having so much fun and I looked up and I was like, I love having a kid because it makes it okay Mm. for you to be a kid again. And I'm like, why didn't I come to this farm before? (laughs) You know, 
And I'm like, I can't. And then I just started, my mind started spinning. I'm like, wait, we're going to, I'm going to get some jump rope and I'm going to get a hula hoop. Oh, yeah. And maybe oh, I'll learn how to hula hoop. I, I never did learn how to hula hoop. You did? I never, no, I never been good at it. <laughs> I could jump rope and double dutch, but I couldn't hula hoop. You double you know dutch? What? Girl, I could not double dutch. Look at Mandy. Hey, Cinderella hat, <laughs> lost her fella hat. Anyway, um, I also never done a cartwheel in my life, but I... You know, and I was scarred by a cheerleading camp, but we won't go there. <laughs> but it's tap for me. What has been joyful is I have the you know professional milestones, and I do feel happy financially. But damn it, I love to just lay in the grass and play with worms. You know, yes. with my kid, it's just nice. And yes. maybe someone else doesn't want to do that, but I just love the message of our show. I think it still rings true. It's just tapping into what makes you happy and doing that thing unapologetically and being your weirdest self, you know, just being whoever you are, whatever brings you joy and doing that apologetically. And I think that that, that takes away the power I feel like of, of some of the things we talk about, you know, I need a social media break Mm -hmm. or man, I got to take a vacation because work is just stressing me out or people are stressing me out or my parents are stressing me out because they're always telling me what I should be doing. I feel like once you're truly at peace with who you are and happy with what you're doing, those things start to bother you less. Mm-hmm. And you don't you know need I mean? a break from your, your And you life. don't need a break from your life. <laughs> yeah. No, it's and just, yeah, it's just true. I, first of all, I cannot believe you could double dust because I cannot. Well, listen, I haven't done it in like 20 years, but yeah, I used to be good. Uh, I, just, I used I to mean, be good. I could just do regular jump rope, but no, because you're right. Because when I had the the crazies, that's what I call my... Um, my niece Amelia and my um my nephew Roman, their siblings. So when I had the crazies for the weekend, we went to there's a park down the street from my house. This park is one of the most beautiful parks. It's it's uh, it's called um Branchbrook Park, and it now is not um the season is done for cherry blossoms, but it has some of the biggest collections of cherry blossom trees in the nation. So we it gets flooded during that time, and so for the first time, like Amelia said, I want to have a picnic, and I was like, okay, so we just took. A comforter out, and I got the Domino's pizza because I'm that kind of aunt. I'm like, girl, <laughs> and juice boxes and animal crackers and um, Superman. Like my husband had bought had bought Amelia for her birthday this bubble machine that had it took batteries, and so you know I bought some dish soap. And girl, when I say a time was had, I was like, how come I, yo, when I take the park, Mandy is a one minute walk. I'm mm-hmm. like, so wait, why have I not just grabbed a blanket and come out here before with a book? Like, you know, but to your point, that's that's really the beauty of children. It's because it just allowed me to be like all these things that are right there and available to me, I don't take advantage of, but kids make you see things differently. Because she was like, no, I want to have a picnic and I want to have a bubble bath with the um with the orange stuff. It's Meanwhile, it's like essential oils, orange, <laughs> essential oils. I don't know where she gets the stuff from. And I want to do some <laughs> relaxing. I'm like, what is that? She said, that's where you sit in the tub. I'm like, what TV are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> But it was so fun to like, you know, I mean, you were there when they were jumping in the jumpy that we had when she was by herself, like um, blow up the blow up the the, the jumpy for me so I can um, jump by myself. Damn, if Roman wants to do it. But, oh, yeah. You know, it's just that kind of thing. And it's just, yeah, it's it. Children truly are blessings in that way because they remind you that life is a lot more simple that we, than we make it. And there's so many simple joys to be had. You don't have to do a whole lot like you know, the grass is there, the jumpy is there, you know, like the sunshine is there, the the farms are there. And so, yeah, just, so I just wanted to like reiterate that because I feel like 
I don't want last week that, you know, that that was the only lesson because it's true. There are moments where maybe you're not dreaming big enough and there are moments you're just not dreaming more meaningful enough, you know? So, yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks for revisiting that because I think, I mean, I had, I had people texting and DMing us just on how powerful that episode was for them. Mm. So I, I really encourage y'all, if you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen to last week's show. It says, I think the title is Dreams Are Free. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good conversation, if I do say so myself, (laughs) about, yeah, just about the way that we, the possibilities we see for ourselves. So lovely. Well, let's take a quick break. And why don't we come back? And when we come back, we've got Helen No of Capital Benchmark Partners on the line to talk about how to save for these kids, y'all. So I'm very excited about this conversation with Helen. And we will be right back with that. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment automated investment and savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology, it's going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed, cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Security. Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Okay, guys, we are so, so happy to invite Helen to have Helen know back to the show. Hey, Helen. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Of course, live from Atlanta, Georgia. So for y'all who don't know, Helen has been my financial planner, my go-to financial guru for I don't know how many years now. Five? From every milestone. I think the first milestone was getting married. Mm -hmm. I was moving in with my in-laws and I was trying to figure out how to save for a wedding. And then it was marriage and then um, buying a house and then baby. Mm -hmm. I feel like we had one big planning call. Car, the car, oh, the dog, oh, memories. Did you get a dog? Basically, for the, the dog, whole, yes. the dog, 
<laughs> only no, know, I know your whole life about the dog. <laughs> well, not no. It's because Helen has always the reason. I mean, I, I of course I love. We were just talking about how amazing Helen is and how she founded her own firm, Capital Benchmark Partners, a long time ago. And when I started working with her, the real reason I needed a financial planner. I mean, I. I I know some stuff. I know a thing or two. Um, it's probably like when a doctor has a patient who is like, I don't know, a dent. I don't know. Not to not to sh- not to crap on dentists, but you know, someone who knows something, but they're not like you know an expert in that mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. Probably really annoying to Helen. But my husband, <laughs> the reason Helen and I needed to work together was really just so that she could get she could be the mediator between me and husband. Yes, I remember. And yes. so, even though I knew exactly what I wanted to do, Helen has been on many many a call. Uh, Google Hangout or whatnot, kind of just like watching me uh, really just need her to tell my husband. Um, <laughs> she's right. Let's just do it. <laughs> that's but, what I'm good for. <laughs> that's what you're good for. And I, I mean, honestly, though, for couples, we, that's mm-hmm. that's for me what has been so useful about having Helen. It's having that that third opinion. But today we're here to talk about not just for, you know, it's sort of about relationships, but First comes love, then comes, you know, traditionally marriage, and then a baby. And we we honestly, Helen, get the same question over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple from our listeners. How do we save for our children? Mm-hmm. And they know some stuff, too. They know about the same kind of accounts that I'm aware of, and I think Tiffany is, too. Mm-hmm. Your college save. Yeah, mm-hmm. 529 plan. You got Custodial. your your what now? Custodial account. Custodial accounts and <laughs> should we open a brokerage account? But there is this like there's this heightened sense of awareness among our listeners, I can tell, that we should be putting away, and we talk about it too for black and brown families, how important it is to be building wealth not just for today, but for tomorrow and for your children's children, hopefully. So people are wanting to do that and they want to do it the right way. So I'd love to just jump in with that general question, because I know that you have some very strong, interesting, different <laughs> opinions about the right way to save for a child's future. Is it the magical 529 plan? Is it a regular savings account? What, like, where do people even start, Helen? Well, b- before we even get into, because like to me, the the 529 accounts and, and the custodial accounts, those are all tactics. They're not really strategies. So when I interview clients before they even come on board and we talk about all the different strategies and tactics, I ask the question, like, what, what are you really trying to save for your kids? What type of money lessons do you want to teach your, your baby or your child or, or whatever? So it really starts with that, you know, and, and I think a lot of people don't really think about when I ask them, oh, what do you want to save for your children? They say, oh, I want to save for college. But a college is just a one-time event in your child's life? Do you want to save, you know, I think about their entire lifespan. Do I want to leave a legacy for my kid? And you might not, you know, especially for me right now, I haven't even thought that far. But the answer to that question for me personally is yes, I want to save, I want to leave something for my son when I pass and and go on to wherever, my next life or, or whatever. You know, I think about childcare costs, like saving for that and preparing, you know, if I want to put my kid into private school for elementary school or high school, I, I, I can't even think <laughs> past like tomorrow or when he turns, you know, one year. So even before you think about like how much money I want to save. And I would really think more about the different life stages you want to supplement 
for your child or or for your niece or nephew, like even before I had my my own child, my son, I was saving up for my nieces and nephews just in case I, you know, died before I had a child. And I wanted to save for them for their college when they do go, if they do go to college. If not, I have a separate investment account for them, right? So really it starts with a question of what phase in your child's life do you want to financially supplement? Why do people, why, what is it about, because I think you and I have talked about this before, just a tiny bit, tiny bit. We haven't had like the big, you know, planning call for Rio and everything. But what is it? I did immediately skip to college. That was the first thing my husband did after I had the baby. And to be honest, he got a lot of stuff done uh, that maybe wasn't the most financially wise while I was either right about to have a baby or just after. He leased a car. And then he um, he opened a 5-2. We can talk about that later. Um, he opened a 529 plan immediately. And it just felt like the right thing to do. But I think a lot of people just jump to that college savings plan. Do they have I been is it is it like Instagram ad awareness again? Like, have I I been hypnotized or have I been? What is it about? Like, the marketing budget really good for these plans? Why does everybody talk about them as the way to save for kids? Mandy, boom, the marketing for 529 Mm. accounts. I think it's completely blown out of proportion. I mean, yes, and they emphasize the student loan debt. Oh my gosh, your student loan debt and all this stuff. You need to prepare your kid in order to pay for college. But I go back to, do you even want to encourage your kids to go to college these days? Mm. You know, do you Sacre even, <laughs> I'm serious, you know, what, what, what do you want to teach them about investing in education? Because education is an investment, right? Whether it's, it's paid by our tax dollars or my parents' dollars or my aunt's or uncle's dollars or grandparents' dollars, I think... I would take it as an opportunity to teach your kid as this is the first type of investment you're going to make. What is the return on that investment that you make? Right. So a lot of my clients, they'll say, oh, I want 100 percent pay for their tuition and everything. I said, OK, but what about all the other ancillary costs when they do go to college? Like their meals, their health insurance, their cell phone plan. What if they boomerang back home after they finish college? How do you plan for that? So, so what, do you want to teach them a life lesson? Maybe you take out 50% and have them take out, you know, 50 per, you know, half of the other loan um, if they aren't able to get scholarships. So, I mean, th- there's like a zillion different questions. I think that there's a lot of missed opportunity to teach your kids as they're growing up on what the cost of education really means. And when I say return on that investment is once they graduate college, will they be able to make enough money to pay back their loans if they are getting or taking loans out to, to pay for that educational investment. Um, but yeah, I, I think what you're saying is almost like, I guess for us, it felt like, oh, we opened this account. Okay, cool. We did something, tick that box. But that can't be the the beginning and the end of saving for a kid, right? It's the harder to tick off your checklist kind of stuff, like teaching them the value of saving and that things cost money and how loans work, you know, that they have to be paid back. (laughs) Right. It's not free. (laughs) That's another question we get is like, what are those, you know, you have a 10 month old. I was just there. My, my son's a year and a half. Tiff's got nieces and nephews and, or a niece and a nephew. Sorry, I'm not multiple. No, I've got two nieces and one nephew. Oh, you do? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for the fact check. (laughs) But like, from an early age, and my and my my other 
you know, Helen is one guru in my life, or I know we don't like the word guru, but one of my, um, my, my, my go-tos as, as Tiff says, and my other one is my therapist. And she's constantly like telling me, Mandy, you've got to like, you've got to stop getting ahead of yourself and thinking too far ahead and just like be in the moment. Cause I'm already trying to, my, my kid is 17 months old and I'm like, do I start teaching him that? Do I try and charge him for his snacks? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What do I do? I don't know. What, what, what what's, where's your head at as a new mom? Oh man. Um, I'll be frank with you. I, I, I don't, my, between my husband and I, we, we don't have a 529 account. If he does go to college, I, I think we would plan to cash flow it. I would rather invest in my business and in my career mm-hmm. to be able to cash flow that education, meaning I don't want to put all my money into one particular account and hope that he'll go to college so I can use it later. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that That's not the way that I plan my money. I, I plan out because I have, you know, he's 10 month old. I have 18 more years technically to get my career together so that I have enough money by the time he goes. So if he does get get in for free and if he does decide to go to college, great. But by that time, hopefully I'll have significantly higher revenue and income to where I can just cash flow that and it not be locked into some account that I can't really tap into, you know, without worrying about taxes and penalties and all this stuff if I wanted to use that money to buy him a car, for example. Helen, thank you. Because um, I always felt I never wanted to say, like out loud, that I'm not a big fan of the 529 as a, because of that. Because I'm like, what if, especially, and maybe like you know, five, ten years ago, because everyone like you have to go to college, right? But that that you know that language has been changing because we're all kind of like, do you? Yeah. So I don't have 529 for any of my nieces and nephews, or or even. For um my my stepdaughter who's fourteen, mm-hmm. we plan to cash flow. We have we have a custodial account, you yeah. know, for them, you know, because I'm like, well, whatever comes, I'd rather have that money. I want the flexibility to say, this is just money for you, whatever you looks like, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm not kind of backed in. The only thing I will say that I do like about five twenty nines, at least now, is that now you can use it for more than just college. You can also use it for like daycare and like private school and things like that. <laughs> yes. um, but but other than that, I honestly I'm not a fan and I don't have any five twenty nine plans. And I don't plan to for my hopefully upcoming baby. Yeah, for from a strategic standpoint, if you are you are definitely planning to send your kids off to private school, you can use up to ten grand to pay for private school now. But you know, that that can, can change any day, depending on who, who's in Congress and, and whether or not they change the laws yep. around that. So I'm not going to put my eggs in, in that basket. Um, so I'd rather invest in my career so I can make more money so I can afford college later on. So I'd rather work on cash flowing that future. To, to answer your broader question of how do I save for my kid, I would take college out of that and really think about the timeline of your children growing up. What do you want to gift to them? You know, Dude, do you know how much Helen has anyone told you how much camp costs yet? Because I cannot. <laughs> I was like they and then and then the daycare that you pay, yes, they don't it's a lot. they don't they, they no no no, but they don't they don't they make you pay even if the kid don't go. So I'm That's like so right. if they go to camp, I'm paying like 5 Gs and then I still got to pay the rent at the day. like what? <laughs> So yes, I I hear you. It's very costly even before college. So yeah, how I'm. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's, how do you start? 
<laughs> I, I would put it into a timeline and, and, you know, I have my notes written here, but definitely child care between the ages of one to 10, right? Are you going to hire a nanny? Like right now, it's very expensive. I look at my clients and they're dropping, you know, at, at minimum $1,200 to $2,500 a month on child care. That's not even full time for the entire week. And to me, that's so much money. <laughs> um, definitely planning for th- for that. And then, like you said, the kids camps, the 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 fees for different activities. I I want to I want my kid to have a rich life. I, I want him to, you know, ch- just think about myself and what you were asking earlier. I was thinking about like, oh my God, w- what if I want to go to hockey camp? I mean, that's not cheap. All of that equipment's not is very expensive. Those are the things that I want to be able to afford. Not necessarily you know, thinking 18 years from now and then just, you know, subsidizing one very small sliver of their life. What if they get married one day or, you know, do, do you want to leave any money for that? That's how I would plan it is, is in different tranches of their life, you know, college, high school. If they go to the military and get out like, you know, um, marriage, their middle age, leaving a legacy for them. All of those different significant life stages that also happen and not just necessarily for college. And where do you park it? Is it like a custodial savings account? Just, you know, full stop just to make it easy and make sure that it's easily accessible? I would say, yes, you can start. So with our clients, we typically just set up like, uh, and if it's husband and wife, we typically set up a, a joint brokerage account and they can start investing money in there, you know, setting money in there. Or if you want to have your child inherit some money by the age of 18 or 21, then you can set up what's called a UTMA account and they will, that money will automatically transfer to them once they are of legal age. And you can start teaching them how to invest in there at that time and, and hand over that account to them. I'm not like totally against 529 plans. You can trickle some money in there just in case they do go to college, but you can also utilize Roth IRAs too. I think that's completely, um, I wouldn't say unpopular, but less promoted or less marketed out there as a strategy is you can use some money in, in your Roth IRA to to pay the school tuition directly, you know. Like and if they, your Roth IRA as a parent or one opened up in your child's name. Yeah, I was going to ask that because I have Roth IRA for Alyssa. Yeah, you, you can do both. Okay. As long as it goes to the, uh, the, the educational institution, you're using it for, for tuition. Is this the part where it's like you're going to the dentist and you start just confessing all of your dental sins? Like, I'm so sorry. I haven't been flossing. And yeah, I've just been eating a lot of acidic foods. Um, So, Helen, we haven't talked in a minute, okay? But like about our finances. And so one little teeny tiny thing that I did that was wrong is I have a baby. And like I said, I'm getting I'm just jumping the gun. I'm 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 listening to my my go to's and I'm just flying in the face with your advice. But I jumped the gun a little bit and I opened a, um, it, it actually turns out, I share this on the show actually, I thought I had opened a custodial Roth IRA for my son because that was the smart thing to do, only to find out, oh, dummy, like you need to actually earn an income as a child. That's right. You know, so um, <laughs> so I was like, whoops. And actually it was our Brown Ambition listeners who, who DM'd me. They were like, Mandra, did you like, what? So I, yeah, anyway, so I did go back and I realized I had just opened a brokerage account, not like a... Uh, a Roth IRA, but okay. let's 
but let's so it's it's not a terrible mistake but i was like but I, clearly i need to talk to you um <laughs> to really just get things i need to just stop trying to do things at three in the morning um when the panic attacks happen but let's talk about yeah the differences between what you just mentioned like a roth ira a a brokerage account um, and what was the other one you said was another option? A UTMA, Unified UTMA. Trust. Yeah. And yeah. so so that, that account, when you say custodial account, that's what I think of. And then, so do you want me to explain the differences between the three that I just mentioned? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the Roth is a retirement account. IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account. So it can be under your name or, you know, my, my niece who's 16 years old now, I can open one for her. She has earned income and I put money in there. So I can technically hire her under my company's name and call her an assistant basically and and open up a Roth for her and, and pay her some sort of income and it'll go into there, for example. That technically is her retirement account. I can't tap into it. It's under her name and everything. Um, and put money in there. So if if you have a uh, Roth IRA for yourself, let's just say your your kid doesn't go to college and or they get a full ride or whatever, um, you still have your retirement money. So you're killing two birds with one stone there. You know, uh, if one event doesn't happen, at least you can still use it for for your future and you won't be penalized for it. So it's one of those exceptions. And you can still invest in all of these different accounts that I'm mentioning. You can buy any type of well, d- depending on where you're the financial institution, obviously. But again, there, the, the, the next question always comes of like, which of these three accounts are will get me the most return? That's not the correct question. The correct question is, you can invest in each of those accounts. What, what investment makes sense in each of those accounts that you can purchase? So you put $1,000 into each of those accounts, but it really just depends on the investment uh, that will yield you, quote unquote, the best return, right? Um, so that's the Roth. And then you can in- invest in um, the, the UTMA as well. So that's an account that where you are the primary account holder. And then by the time your kid or whoever you list on there, that's a minor uh, that's what the M in UTMA stands for. It, it's a it's an account, an investment account for minors. And then once they reach of age in your state, um, so here in Georgia, it's the age of 21, then you have to relinquish that money to your child. Okay. I would not recommend you putting a, too much money into that account uh, unless you, you want to give a, a lot away. Usually, my recommendation for the for the utilization of that account is to teach your kids, hey, you know what? We've been saving for you this entire time. You can use it to buy a car. That would be like a, a first uh, investment account that that your kid can can own themselves. And then of course the regular brokerage account or AKA investment account that you can hold jointly with as many people as you want, um, or just on your own. You know, you only pay taxes when you there's any capital gains or. Um, uh, investment income inside of that account. And you can withdraw the money at any time. But the Roth IRA can't withdraw money at any time because technically it's a retirement account. Yeah. Well, what about like when you're when you're investing with a kid? Because I've heard friends, you know, they'll, you. I feel like there's always that anecdote of, well, you know, my I just asked my son or my daughter um, or my non-binary child, it's fine. Um, the, that that you know you love McDonald's or you love Coca Cola so let's buy mm-hmm. some stock and let's buy some shares but is that I don't feel like that's maybe the best way to go about teaching about the market especially if like what you talked about is true you're trying to maximize your long term gains and what are you putting in these accounts or what are you investing in can we kind of talk about like 
for young children and then adolescents and then teens, you know, what types of vehicles you typically recommend folks invest in? Yeah, I think I talked about this in the last <laughs> the last time we recorded. So um, I, I like to call, refer to or use the analogy of cooking when we're investing is, you know, with with most recipes, you always get salt and pepper for the entree. Right. So you add your salt and pepper into the uh, into your investment portfolio and then anything else sexier. I like to call the paprika or adding the spices to your portfolio for that extra oomph and and, and to bolster the the. the the growth inside the portfolio. Like I the say everything salt and bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. That's good stuff. Oh, uh, so when I say salt and pepper, I mean like your typical dividend-paying investments, diversified portfolio ETFs. I'm not a huge fan of mutual funds inside of your portfolio because they typically have higher um, management fees, and ETFs are a little bit more tax efficient too. But that's completely a different episode. Um, yeah, so so just add some salt and pepper. But I, I like the idea of teaching your kid, hey, do you do you like Apple products? Well, let's buy a couple of shares. This is how much, you know, we'll put in there. Let's just say a thousand dollars. Let's see how much it grows. This is what a dividend is. This is and how is that di- different than you know growth inside of a portfolio? Um, so ch- just to keep the portfolio diversified, I think it's great to invest in some sort of, you know bonds or, or fixed income slash equity market uh, mixture as your salt and pepper to the portfolio, but then adding in your special interests with your child or your niece or nephew, whomever, um, minor child, and ask them like, hey, let's, let me teach you a little bit about investing and what money can really do for you. You know, okay, you earn the money. Here's some money to do the laundry or whatever it is. What what would you like to buy in your portfolio now? That this yeah. is you know you earned your money. Here's your ten dollars. Put it into this account. Let's watch it grow. Let me sh- let me teach you how to read these different charts. Let me teach you you know how to go from ten dollars to twenty dollars, right? And and in within what time frame? So Tiff, I feel like Roman is probably already managing his own investments. But <laughs> what has <laughs> have you? There, wait, your niece and nephew. They're three and then six. Uh, so Roman four is five, Amelia is four, and Lily is two and a half. Oh, wow. Okay, so what's your, I mean, I know that obviously their parents are probably like, hey, budget needs to like chill out. Our kids are little, but um, <laughs> <laughs> how young is too young? Do you feel like? Now I, mean, I started does, right away. Like the moment yeah. they were born, I was like, hey, uh, you know, Anjali, I want to open up a, custo- a custodial account for uh, my nieces and nephew. And what I used to, I used to put like, I, it started off as savings accounts until it was enough to really like I thought invest. Yeah. Um. And I used to put like fifty bucks a month, and then Anjali was like, "Or you can just put money in annually," because <laughs> it was like <laughs> I don't know why I was doing it like that. And she was like, "I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense." So that's what we do now. That every year we make a lump sum transfer to the kids' accounts, um, including Alyssa. Um, and also to um, Superman has a has a, um, a a young nephew that we also do that for, and yeah, we chose. I specifically was like I didn't want to do a five twenty nine plan only because I just didn't know what college held, especially for the super young ones. See, at least like Supergirl is fourteen, so she's going to college. You know, mm-hmm. she's not so far removed. But I mean, Roman is five. We don't even know. You know, 
He's definitely going to get some scholarships. <laughs> this child's a genius. He's going to yeah. go to MIT or something. No, my my nephew is like this. Well, I mean, when I always think about it, his father is a doctor. His mother is engineer. And the way... I'm just like, he's telling time. I'm like, I didn't tell time until I was in fifth grade. And he's five. So, no, but honestly, then too, we just don't know like what's, you know, I don't know what the future is going to entail for higher education. So for them, I especially didn't want that. Plus, my husband and I can afford to bankroll Alyssa's Supergirls um, college. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we know we're going to pay for it. And that's the ideal. But yeah, I I mean I couldn't tell you. I'm not even gonna lie. I just kind of like we opened up the account. I'm sure I knew at one point. I'm not. I know that. Um, I forgot what Anjali was telling me. We're our investments are like ninety ten, meaning like we're I'm pretty much sure. I think we're ninety percent in stocks and ten percent in like bonds. To your point, Helen, because they're so young. Um, so there's plenty of time. So for those of you listening, um, there's a, there's greater risk with stocks, but also greater re- potential return. Um, and so that, you know, but we're willing to take the risk because they're so young and I, like myself and my husband are older. So I think we're pretty conservative. So I think we're like 70%, you know, um, <laughs> even yeah. Anjali's like, are you 80? I'm like, I know. Yeah, so that, that's pretty conservative for I your know, age. I know. She, she recently pushed us to, so she recently pushed me to 80. Cause I'm like, really like, if I'm like a scaredy cat when it comes to investing. So she recently like, I think it's time to move to 88 because when I saw the the return on investment that the kids' accounts had in uh-huh. 2020, she's like, yeah, that yeah, could have been you. Wish, I know. I'm like, damn it. Meanwhile, the kids now are wish. They're rolling in dough. Meanwhile, auntie's like, I guess. I mean, my returns, obviously, you know, everybody, I mean, you could throw a rock at the wall and get a return in 2020. Um, yes. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, to your point, aggressive. You know, but to me, the biggest component I hope that everyone who's listening is getting is that get you a Helen. Like it doesn't. <laughs> no, for real, because it's, yeah. unless you are you feel very confident on doing it on your own. Um, as much as Mandy and I know about personal finance, I cannot know all the things, nor do I want to keep up with all the things. So we each have a financial advisor, um, and so it's important to have guidance. When it comes to navigating your financial space, it's not for everyone. It depends on where you are financially. I will say that because you should have a certain amount of money to be able to put away, obviously. But you know, when you're ready, having guidance will enable you to make less costly mistakes um, like I have and Mandy has in the past. Helen is one of my go-tos too. There's like three women I always suggest and she's one of them. My, my mentee. Mm-hmm. My mentee, um, she like loves Helen. I gave her my list of the three. I said, it's always important that you interview people for yourself. And she interviewed the three and was like, I love Helen. I was like, great choice. And so <laughs> where is the budget Nista approved bag? Where is <laughs> it? You. I know. Which is, I'm working on that for Are real. You should. I'll wear it proudly. <laughs> no, I'm working on like putting together like a directory because so many people ask me. Because I, I, I've started to collect just really good people in the finance industry. And so, yeah, no, Helen is definitely connect. one of them. You know? <laughs> well, listen, and to, in what Tiffany said is true, you, you, you know, you should definitely get you a Helen or an Anjali, but you have to use them. It's just like, you know, like even I screw up. I got a Helen and I'm still out here Googling at 3 a.m. Like, I want to save. Okay, I know stuff. I know some things. Why didn't you just email me? I don't know. <laughs> that would have been so quick. Listen, you know it'd be great. Like your head is just a fuzz after children and yada yada. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Because okay. uh, husband still wants this damn Tesla Helen. We got to get him one of those. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, so you have to. And, and I think one of the things, Helen, that... 
I haven't had is like a regular cadence. I think we just fell off after we, what is it? I got the house and then life just, life just went crazy. But you're right. It's kind of like if you don't go to the doctor after a while, you're like things can fester and you don't know about it unless you do that (laughs) check-in. So uh, you're right. I think we just, I need to automate my meetings with you so that I can't get in my own way. (laughs) And at this point, financially, I know early in our relationship, it was more of like, okay, you know, let's be judicious, at least in my mind, because I, I was in a much different place financially. But now I'm just like, the choices I'm making today have the potential to reward me so much more yeah. if I use Helen. Like, I'm just, I'm <laughs> literally like wasting money by not talking to Helen and, sp- and and actually paying her for her services because she has all the knowledge and she can help me make the right strategy. So we'll talk. Can, we'll we, talk. Ask, can we ask this? Because I know someone's going to ask. Helen, how do people find Helen? Like, what should they be looking for? And in what ways do people pay financial advisors like you? Yeah, so I'm a fee-only advisor. And there's misconceptions or misunderstanding about fee-only and fee-based. Fee-based means that you get paid a commission. The advisor gets paid a commission and an hourly rate or a subscription or percentage of your assets. Um, I don't get paid by commissions. I purely just get paid by giving you advice. Um, so you can find me on my website. I'm, I think I'm pretty Googleable. Just type in Helen No, N-G-O is my last name. How you, how you spell and pronounce it is No, um, like CEO. Um, and just go to my website, capitalbenchmarkpartners.com. But um, the, the way we get paid is uh, we, we charge like attorneys a retainer fee and then an hourly really rate. Um, and if you want us to help you manage your investments, then it's just a percentage of the investment assets. But we do not push any products or any commission-based um, investment vehicles or anything like that. Where do the other Helens hang out? Where the you, can't, you can't help everybody. <laughs> yeah. Where are the other Helens? I found you through the XY Planning Network back in the day, way back in the day. But yeah, where do you recommend people go to start interviewing and, and finding different planners for them. XY is a great place. Um, you can also go to NAPFA, N-A-P-F-A, or you can go to the Garrett Network. I, I believe that network is is oh, specifically yeah. just for hourly financial planner. So if you're looking for like a one-time plan, that would be a great place to start. Um, Forbes also has a list of financial planners that you can find. Um, the only reason I know this is because I'm aware list down there too. So yeah, th- those are three three places I-, I would just look at first or the CFP website. And I think now you can filter out um, the type of advisor you want and in what region and all that. Okay. Awesome. What haven't we covered when it comes to kids and saving? I mean, I feel like I just want to do this episode justice because I know we get lots and lots of questions about it. But any other big things, Helen, you think we should, you know, cover? I mean, I, I just want to reinforce, don't don't get so narrow focused on just college. Think about the lifestyle you want to provide for your kid in, in all of his or her different life stages. Really, I, I think that's the, the bigger question at play and, and what money lessons you want to teach your child. I love that. You've actually helped me a lot because I, I think intellectually, I know it's important to name your individual savings goals. But when it came to a kid... Just that you just hearing you mention and, and getting my my like gears turning about activities, you know, mm-hmm. babysitting, um, camp, things like that, school trips, school fees, you know, vacation. I don't want my kid to travel for the first time out of the country. Yeah, vacation until 
they're well into college. Like, so it's like having a whole another me where I need like the kid version of all my dif- different goals accounts. <laughs> because it also takes away the, because one of the things I think that hurts people with their savings goals is they'll have like a big savings goal and it's just like savings or it's, you know, maybe it's retirement or um, maybe not retirement because you're investing for that, but you know, some big goal and then then the car breaks down or you want to take that vacation and you end up dipping into that 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 one generic goal, that one generic savings fund, and you kind of feel bad about it or like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, and this almost like if you break it up into several goals, then it helps you. Well, one, you realize, oh, crap, I got to save way more than I thought I did. <laughs> but then second, like you plan to be di- you plan to be dipping into it and then replenishing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and again, one last thing that I want to add is not not just in, you know, investing and saving for your child doesn't necessarily have to happen through putting money into an account. It can happen through your earning ability, too. Like I had mentioned earlier with, with Tiffany on that one. So you can you can like, yeah, you can invest in yourself, mm-hmm. um, which is true. And it's almost like permission. Mm-hmm. Once you have a kid, it doesn't mean that you stop, you know putting away things for your own because we're still young i remember that um you are yeah, we still got things to do ourselves life doesn't have to end yeah thank right. you for that reminder <laughs> for sure well helen thank you so much for joining us yet again you guys gotta go check out helen's website capital benchmark partners we'll include link in our show notes and um where else can they find you i'm sure capital benchmark on all the socials and and uh yeah she's very googleable Thank you for having me. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives. This message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. And now it's time to boost a break or boost a break or boost or break. Someone told me, not last episode, but it was one episode. They were like, girl, you sounded tired. I was like, I wasn't even tired. You know, it's so crazy. Judgy. So <laughs> I know, no, but you know, that's like the worst with someone like, oh, Mandy, you okay? You look tired. They're like, meanwhile, you're like, I'm, I'm well rested. <laughs> I hate when people tell me I look tired. I'm like. I'm actually not, but okay. 
Uh, So anyway, that's a little energy for you. So yes, are you going to boost or are you going to break? I'm actually, mine is like a neutral. It's not a booster break. It's kind of like, yikes, what's going on? Can I do a boost? It's going to sound pretty generic, but I have put some thought into this. And it's also going to sound silly because this is like, this is our audience and this is who we are. But I want to do a boost specifically for black women. And I want to do a boost for black women at work and the black women, especially in corporate America, when it can feel like you're one of a few. Um, I know there's lots of people who who don't have a choice but to work in places where maybe they're the only one or one of few. And I just was reflecting recently on over my career how many like the tr- the truly and, you know, you were talking about Lynette Calfani Cox last week and how she really poured into you. And I was thinking back on my career and I'm thinking, who are the most how, who were the the people who didn't never made me feel like asking for support or asking for, you know, to chat or asking for advice was a burden on them and who really just took time out to really pour into me and to help me when I was struggling and literally wanted me to succeed without knowing anything about me just because they knew how hard it was out there for us um, in that environment. And I just got on my feels a little bit. So if you're out there and you're a black woman, I I just love us. I love how we really lean on one another. Even if it's the smallest thing you can do, just reaching out to a even a colleague that you don't even know that well, just to offer support or to see how they're doing, especially at times like this. I, I have just been blessed with the the black sisterhood that is you know, in, in, in these, in these quiet places in corporate America. So just thank you. I love us. And we take care, we take good care of each other. And I'm just, that's what I just came here to say. That includes you, Tiff, obviously. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you. Yeah, that sounds generic, but I really have been reflecting on that lately. And it, it means a lot. Well, you love, girl, you loved. Okay. People always, whenever they see me, they're like, give this hug to Mandra. I'm like, I don't like hugs. And they're like, I know. Here you go, <laughs> <That's> girl. <fun. laughs> so this is not necessarily like a, it's not definitely not a boost. And I don't know if it's a break, but Bill and Melinda Gates are getting a divorce. I just saw that. I was like, do I talk? Why does this mean something to me? I but know. it does. Man, so, even billionaires can't do it. I know. I'm just like, so they've been married for 27 years. Mm. I just. Yeah. But they did say that they're going to, you know, they're going to continue like their their foundation together. But I I hope so. I mean, that foundation is massive. Yes. And they've done such good work. I just, I honestly don't know what to say. Because, Um, you know, you think to yourself, why? He does seem like a difficult person. Did you see the documentary? (laughs) Yes. He seemed like, she seemed like, she's like, yeah. I feel like he's not going to do date night very well. You know what I mean? Yes. Bill Gates ain't here for the rose petals um i've been loving that bruno mars song i find any excuse to break into song now with that uh leave the door open and there's yeah. that one like whatever i'm stop with these like these these side spiraling mental thoughts mandy but um yeah bill gates seems really difficult there was like a there was a documentary on netflix and i think she even spoke just about the challenges of yeah, being married kind of, to a genius yeah. you know and she even said she's like i don't think my husband's that interesting i was like gates <laughs> I didn't notice that. You know, like, but you know, that's the kind of eye roll you give when someone's like, oh my gosh. And you're like, girl, please. Have you seen his underwear? Please. Uh, <laughs> Melinda 
part of me is like, listen, as a child of divorce, I remember thinking my mom was such a hero when, okay, this is not to shade my dad. It was, it was, I've learned since then there's, there's two sides of the story. But anyway, at the time I was like, wow, my mom is so brave. She's choosing joy. She's choosing herself. And, you know, and, and she didn't have billions of dollars at her behest, but I always feel like if it's the best thing for a couple, especially if they're older, I mean, they're not super young anymore and they still have a lot of life to live. It's almost like they've chosen, they've chosen joy and they've chosen, you know, the right thing for themselves versus whatever the public is going to think about them. Yeah. And also too, I suspect, I don't know how old their children are, but I suspect that that probably was in the works for a little while and they were Mm -hmm. waiting for their kids to get a little older, you know? Yeah. 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 I, whenever friends of mine who like who parents divorce, there are parents who wait till the kids are grown, you know, yes. in college, and then they get divorced, and then the kids are so like sometimes can be so devastated. And I'm like, I don't know what's worse when you're ten or when you're twenty five. I don't I know. know. It's it's hard, but it is. Yeah. So I mean, there's not that's not really a booster break, but I just when I saw, it, I was like, wait, what? But <laughs> so I guess we'll see. They don't seem messy. I mean, when Jeff Bezos and his wife got divorced, Jeff Bezos seems messy though. I don't know. Like, <laughs> he I was like messy. He was, well, I know. <laughs> I mean, you know. So He's... I know. So I guess we'll see what comes out of this, but I, it doesn't, Bill doesn't seem like he was a Tom catting around like, yeah, I got all these ladies. <laughs> I mean, you never know. I will say that you never know. But, you know, I don't know. She just, you know, I mean, obviously people choose happiness, choose themselves. And so, so yeah, I mean, okay. People give... What do we, I know, and especially um, Black Twitter loves whenever Will and Jada come out with something new about their relationship. And I know that there's, I think that there's become this, this, um, this growing support for, or growing like uh, questioning of why are they still together if it seems like they really have struggled so much. And there's this line of thinking around, like they have come out and said how tough things have been and like talked about affairs that they've had. And uh, it, it's almost like at what point, what are you staying for? Yeah. You know, are you staying because it truly is best for you? Or are you staying because you just want to, you you know, you believe in the institution? Or I know mm-hmm. some people feel like it's religious. They have to, they don't want to disappoint, you know, or, or fall um, out of line with their beliefs and things like that. But I, I yeah, it's, it's tough. I, I just feel like we were just talking about, you know, doing what makes you feel happiest. And dude, if I wake up and I'm in my 60s and miserable with husband, I mean, God forbid, I don't think I will, but, you know, miserable with husband, I hope that we're brave enough even then to to find joy, to, yeah. to you know, to find it, to start a new chapter and to, to find joy. I feel like, honestly, maybe because I got married like later, me, me and some men always are like, tell, geez, I am not <laughs> staying unhappy. <laughs> I'm like, we'll be, I mean, I see how he is as a co-parent. He's great, you know, with super, super, um, girls, um, mom. And he's a great father, whether or not, you know, you, you know, we have her literally half the time, two weeks on, two weeks off, three weeks on, three weeks off. That's what we do. So I see how he is. He's an amazing father. Like literally I was, he came downstairs today. I was like, oh, come sit with me on the couch. He said, nope, it's Supergirl time. Cause she was outside, outside on the front porch, just chilling. And so I just thought that was so cute. And so he's like, I'll get you later on tonight. I was like, "Mm, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I love that, honestly, that he like makes a concerted effort to say, spend time with my daughter. You know, what what are the fun things she likes to do? You should have seen this morning. He he is such a, 
what is it? It's a curmudgeon. What are those? What is this? What's that old person? Like just the he ornery. Made, yes, he is very ornery. In the morning, he made her pancakes and eggs and all those stuff. So he knocked on her door. Good morning, baby. I guess she didn't move fast enough for him. He was like, "Are you the queen of Sheba? I made you breakfast. Get up again." <laughs> I was like, "How you?" She didn't ask for your breakfast. You came in the room. I'm sure the girl was tired. And you look at her like, get up and get your breakfast quickly. So I just thought that was like, that is so Superman. But I say all that to say that as much as I love him, I love myself, and I'm not staying unhappy. Mm-mm. Right. Yeah, because, you know, it's possible to me looking at the way um, Alyssa has turned out, she is smart. She is respectful. I mean, now, because remember we had them times. Well, she was never disrespectful, just sassy. But she is respectful. She is just like an all-around, honestly, an awesome kid. And she's, you know, raised by two parents who are not together. And yet, honestly, I mean, I, you know, I've, I, was been, I was a teacher for so many years. I don't know, like, she's just, I don't want to say well-adjusted because they, they haven't been together since she was like three. But it's possible to raise a happy, smart great kid even if you're not together that's proof positive so oh know. yeah so but yeah so. and your kids know, like my mom uh, my favorite years as with my with my mom i always think about the golden years was after that divorce because mm. she was so free it was fun to watch her get dressed up for a date and mm. the lesson i learned from that you know once i got older and she was like yeah we were it was really stressful obviously <laughs> and i was devastated <laughs> but i remember b- before that it was just it was anger and arguments and bad. And I think um, if you have kids especially, but also it's for your own happiness. I mean, no one wants to live in that kind of environment. It's just life is too short, you know? Like life is too short. And I think you have to take time and do what's right for you. But sometimes you have to be brave enough to, yeah, to, to, to put yourself first and to put your happiness first above what other people think and above, you know, the perfect idea of whatever the relationship is um and it's and it's okay as married women to talk about that too i think it's it's just for me it's like planning for you know having life insurance that hope we never use it you know hope i don't die it's uncomfortable to talk about death but it's uncomfortable to talk about divorce but why not why not talk about it um and and you know have a plan for what if it doesn't take away anything from your relationship but financially i've always been prepared i've been prepared to walk from a relationship before I even was in one, you know, because I was like, I want that freedom to be able to um, to be independent and and to take care of myself. And that was always like one of the cornerstones of my financial strategy as a, as a young woman. And I think that's OK. Oh, that's good. And it's true. Just and this is just a, like a light break. So people have started. I don't know how people started, like people who are not like you're close to have started asking you to like meet up. Like I've gotten a couple of. Oh, Tiffany, hey, you know, we'd love to, you know, um, meet up for coffee to ask you some questions about this. I'm like, oh, what? For, for what? <laughs> like, on Zoom? So that started literally within, like, the last week or so. I've gotten, because, you know, that that happens. People will ask to, like, it's not the meet up part or, or, like, you know, asking questions. That's normal. I'm like, and if I have time, I make time. But physically wanting to meet up, I'm like, what? Is the, is the panorama done? They're feeling, they probably got vaccinated. They're feeling good. Girl, I'm, not with strangers. I'm like, sis. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like I said, like, obviously, like, you know, if you're like, oh, hey, Tiff, you came over, that's no problem. But, you know, it's the people who, the the pick your brain folks who normally, like, like I said, I don't mind being like jumping on a call or doing a Zoom, but you want to meet, you want to call for me in person? Mm, so it's been so awkward. I'm like, I, 
hi, thank you so much. I mean, I don't mind planning a Zoom call, but I'm currently not meeting people in person. What? Say what now? I just thought that was so odd because I got like three or four in the last last week or so. And I'm like, wow, are people feeling like everything's back to normal? Because the way they're saying it, like, yeah, just, you know, I'm growing something in my business and blah, blah, blah. And my mentor said that, you know, you'd be a great person to connect with, which I'm like, that's fine, but I'm not going to Starbucks with you. So... I can cough on strangers in person. I just, I rather, <laughs> I rather a Zoom where I know your limits. Work. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I just thought that that was like, I don't know. It's just very interesting. Or even speaking engagement folks are, have been reaching out. That to me is even odder. They're so like, hey, planning this big thing where there's going to be 40 people. I'm sure somebody will have COVID. You want to come? You can be the <laughs> keynote. I'm like, <laughs> so I've been getting a couple of those and I'm like, yeah, not yet. Too soon, sis. Too soon. So. I'm feeling a little giddy after I got my second dose and now I'm fully vaccinated. I've heard though you have to get like a booster shot. So listen, y'all, you know, it ain't it ain't over, okay? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I, I got my cute stock of masks. Masks are gonna be, gonna be a thing for a thing thing. You know, a thing thing. And honestly, like the parents I know who have kids are like, this is amazing. My kids haven't been sick. They're usually just like runny nose and ill all the time from all the other germy cesspool daycare kids. So yeah, this mask life is fine by me. I will say I had like neighbors over for a cookout outdoors. It felt so good, Tiff. It felt so nice to just like hang out with other adults. And and we cooked and it was just very, it was back to simple things. We made hot dogs and burgers and sat down. Okay, fine. I made a little fancy coconut margarita. Um, (laughs) But it was so fun and it was so impromptu and I am excited for that next phase, but nah, not for just randos. No. Yes. <laughs> you ever know that I never important. eat hot dogs except for doing cookouts. I'm like, what? I, but as a so kid. Good. Yeah. But like, you know, like I would never be like, you know, I'm going to have a hot dog tonight, like in the house, you know, but like doing a cookout, I'm like, wait, no hot dogs. <laughs> 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 oh, I feel like it's such a cookout food, but yeah. So that's it. Just like like a not necessarily a breaker boost with Melinda and Bill Gates. We wish them well, but certainly a break from not yet, folks, about meeting non inner circle people <laughs> like in person for the first respect time. Respect people's boundaries. If yes. you're comfy, cool. But you yes. know, I think respecting boundaries, you still have to just people have different comfort levels. Yes, and so yeah. so I'm waiting yeah. for my second back. So I got my my first shot like last Ooh. week. My arm was woo. No one told me about that. Oof. It for, feels like someone punches you with a rock. Yeah. Well, yeah. not the actual shot itself, but like the next day, I was like, "No, yeah." Oh, this what we doing? I mm. was looking at my arm, like, "Oh my god, are you okay, girl?" And then like <laughs> the exhaustion. I don't know for me, but I was really tired for like a, a a day and a half. And so hopefully, you know, the next shot won't do me so dirty. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're halfway there. I know, halfway there. Happy holidays, BA fam. Thank you for joining us as we looked back at some of our favorite Brown Ambition conversations from the past year. Check back in with us soon as we take on a brand new year and bring you everything you need to know so you can take control of your financial and professional future on your own terms. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.